You're listening to a Philadelphia Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philadelphia sports fan experience. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest Birds Banter podcast presented to you by PHLSportsNation.com. This is your host, Matt Lupi, and today I'm joined by Markel Fripp. He's a blogger for PHL Eagles Nation, and he was on a podcast a couple weeks ago. We talked about um, the Eagles' upcoming schedule, wins and loss predictions. So Markel did a great job with that. He's doing a great job with Eagles Nation. So happy to have him back on here. Markel, how are you doing today? I'm all right, man. Appreciate you having me on. Definitely looking forward to today. We're going to be talking about an early prediction for the 53-man roster. We're going to talk about every single position and give our take on the 53-man roster. Um, we didn't collaborate at all. We didn't talk about um, who we think is going to be on, so it's going to be a bit of a surprise. We're going to um, maybe have a little bit of disagreement and talk about where our mindset is at every single position. Before we get started, um, we are recording this Friday afternoon, and I'm going to be putting this out Wednesday. I'm going to start trying to get everything out on Wednesdays for you guys, um, every Wednesday at midnight, just to make sure you have something at least once a week. Um, so in case there is a veteran running back sign between Friday and Wednesday, because I'm sure the Eagles are, I mean, we're going to talk about it today, but the Eagles are going to be looking at one um, here soon. So just keep in mind, this was recorded before Wednesday. Um, also, make sure you subscribe so you always get that podcast to your phone, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, right away Wednesday so you can listen to it whenever you want. Go check out my last two interviews. I had Temple football players talking about Sean Bradley on yesterday and then also Boston Scott two weeks ago. And I'm also thinking about doing another giveaway soon. We did um, one during the holiday season with the Carson Wentz plaque and um, looking to do one soon again. So make sure you follow Birds Banter on Twitter to stay up to date. I'll post all the details on there, just trying to find something cool to give away. Um, but once I determine that, I'll get that up to you guys and um, we'll get started with that. But for today's podcast, like I said, 53 man roster prediction, we're going to start with the quarterbacks. Uh, we can expect the Eagles to pick around or keep around two to three quarterbacks right now. It's looking like three Markel. What do you think of her quarterback? Well, of course we know Wentz is returning that quarterback for what, it's an intriguing offseason, to say the least. Of course, we know with all this going on with COVID-19, well, this would have been another chance for Carson Wentz to have a full offseason under his belt. I guess he does still in a way, shape, or form with all of this virtual offseason programming. But it'll be great for him whenever the NovaCare complex is able to open back up. But, of course, we know that the Eagles selected Jalen Hurts at pick 53 in the second round of the NFL draft this year. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out in terms of court, the court, the person at QB2. Doug Peterson has came out and said that he doesn't expect Hurts to take the job at QB2, and he thinks Subfield is ready for it. I personally am very high on Subfield. I had the opportunity to see him play in person once. Where, even though it wasn't for a full game, probably a handful of uh, plays. 
in the game against Washington when he came in for, for Nick Foles. What I see from Nick from Nate Subfield is someone who knows the system, who's doesn't if there isn't much of a drop off between he and Carson Wentz. Now, when I say that, it might sound funny to the ear because, of course, talent in the, the differentiations of talent, Carson Wentz is obviously quarterback one. There is no quarterback conundrum in Philadelphia mm. to that point. But as far as playing style, Nate, when Nate comes in, Nate, you could you could see that Nate trusts his abilities as a quarterback. He trusts his arm. He's willing to take some of the same shots downfield that Carson Wentz is willing to take. And I just think that while he probably won't be a savior like Nick Foles was, to say the least, he, he definitely is someone to keep the team afloat. But it, it would definitely be interesting to see how the, the battle at QB2 plays out. What do you think on that? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I think Doug Peterson came out and said that he thinks Nate Sudfoe is going to be the backup quarterback right now. Um, I agree with that statement just because Jalen Hurts, he was, you know, mocked around a round three to round four pick for um, some reasons. He needs a little bit more development before he's going to be ready to start. Obviously, he's not going to be in a position position to start with the Eagles unless an injury happens. But um, anyways, in, after the draft, when I did the podcast about talking about uh, the players' strengths and weaknesses, I found um, a few weaknesses in Jalen Hurts' game that um, would point out why he wouldn't be ready. And with a shortened offseason, I don't think he's going to be ready to improve on all those parts of his game and ready to step in if Carson Wentz gets hurt. So I think if Wentz does go down, Sudfeld is the one to step in. Um, that doesn't mean Hertz isn't going to see the field at all. I think some gadget plays, run plays, Hertz is going to see the field. Um, however, if someone has to come in for two or three quarters, it's going to be Sudfeld. I think the team is more confident in him to step in and play. So right now I have Wentz, Sudfeld, and Hertz making the roster, those three. Um, Eagles have been light on quarterbacks in previous years, um, keeping only two at some points. But I think with the pick of Hertz and keeping Sudfeld around, you have to keep three just with Hertz not being developed fully. Uh, but there is an interesting twist to this. Um, the Eagles have been interested in Josh McCown returning. Um, he was with the team last year. Josh hasn't made his decision yet about if he's going to be playing football or if he's going to retire. Um, he's going to make that decision in June. So we're getting very close to that. What do you think about Josh making a team? How would that stir things up? Well, in the first place, I think Josh making the team would, for a team perspective would be awesome because, of course, another coach around Carson Wentz type guy, just look at how key he was for Carson down the stretch of last season. Mm. Now, in terms of competition, I mean, Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson would be the first to tell you they aren't the ones to hand out jobs. You got to work and earn mm. it. Now, it'll be interesting to see if what Doug was saying about how he feels about Nate was more of an off-season coach's talk kind of thing or if they truly believe that Nate is able to take the job. In that case, the battle between Josh and Nate would definitely be something to keep an eye on come the preseason. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because um, I think if Peterson went out and said those comments about Sudfeld, he's confident in him. I think the only reason McCown gets brought in is if they're not confident in Sudfeld, um, because if you're going to pull Josh McCown out of – he's not officially retired, but technically, I mean, he's getting older – He's coming off of a pretty bad injury. He's pretty much retired right now. If they pull him out again, 
he's going to expect to be on the team. Um, so I think there would have to be a lot of um, concern with Nate Sudfeld if Josh McCown does um, come back. So I think it's safe to say right now, Carson Wentz, Nate Sudfeld, Jalen Hurts as the three guys. Um, going to running back, it gets pretty interesting again. Obviously, Miles Sanders is the number one guy. The Eagles have been having running back by committees for the past couple of years, ever since LaShawn McCoy was on the team. Um, but Miles Sanders is finally someone that can step in and take plenty of snaps per game, probably around 60%. After that, it's Boston Scott and Corey Clement, um, who are probably going to make the roster. It gets a little bit interesting here because Boston Scott and Corey Clement, although they have shown promise, um, Boston Scott in a few games last year, Corey Clement, his rookie year, really blew it up, especially in the Super Bowl. They're not players that you can plug in. If Miles Sanders gets hurt, Boston Scott and Corey Clement aren't going to be ones that can um, sustain 60% of snaps. Boston Scott can't go in for three downs. Um, he can't be a, a three down back was what I'm trying to say. Corey Clement, he spent the last two seasons on IR for different injuries. So that's a little bit concerning. That's why the Eagles are linked to veteran running backs. Carlos Hyde is out of the running because he went to the Seahawks. Right now it's down to Devontae Freeman and LaShawn McCoy. Um, I would prefer Devontae Freeman out of the two just because he has a little bit more power to him. He's younger and he can catch the ball out of the backfield still like McCoy can. So he kind of fits the need that the Eagles are looking for right now. However, he turned down a a deal up to $4 million from the Seahawks. So I don't think the Eagles are going to be offering that much money. Uh, I think if they're going to be looking for a backup running back, it's going to be around the veteran minimum up to maybe 2 million or so. Um, If Freeman is going to want that much money, the Eagles are going to walk away from it. So it might be McCoy. They might go down to someone like Isaiah Quell, who I've mentioned um, before. It's definitely going to be interesting, but my locks are definitely Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. A veteran is going to make the team. We just don't know who that is yet. Corey Clement is going to be fighting with the undrafted free agents, but I think he has the edge right now. Who do you think? So as far as the running back position, I do believe, well, it's obvious that Miles Sanders is setting this RB1. Mm. As far as Scott and Clement, I do think, I believe that barring any type of injury like you mentioned to Sanders, they'd be able to handle a lot of the role, maybe not more so in a running game, but definitely picking up the, what's being left on the table as far as in the passing game contributing that, that way, which is where the third one with well, the fourth running back that you mentioned would come into play. Yeah. As far as between McCoy and Freeman, certainly the same here. I would prefer Freeman. While there seems to be a lot of sentiment behind a, having a McCoy return, of course, with Deshaun returning last year, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. It would be nice to get them a ring. But in terms of, of putting together a 53-man roster, I think – Devontae Freeman just makes too much sense in terms of what do you need? Like you said, he has the element of power to his game, a bit of speed, can catch the ball. I think he will fill in exactly what was lost when Jordan Howard went down. Underrated for key, actually. A lot of people don't seem to mention that with the emergence of Miles Sanders, which makes sense because Miles Miles Sanders has shown he can handle the load at the position. But still, just imagine how it would have looked if – we got both of them going at the same time. Should Sanders has, I mean, should Howard have stayed healthy? I believe that's the type of element you would have should you bring in 
Devontae Freeman. It wouldn't be much of a drop-off in terms of when Sanders needs a rest. Or it just allows you to do a whole lot more spreading Sanders out wide like you used to. It just gives Doug Peterson a whole lot to work with. But I do have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's possible that one of the three remaining running backs that we hadn't mentioned has a chance to fill that power back role? Either the Adrian Killers Jr., Mike Warren, or Elijah Holyfield? Yeah, so um, Michael Killens and Elijah Holyfield are probably the the more powerful backs out of that group. Um, Killens is a little bit smaller. Holyfield is in, in height. He's a little bit shorter. Holyfield is the ideal power back size. He just hasn't really seen much of NFL experience yet. Um, I think that they're good options. It's just what I'm concerned with is if Sanders gets hurt, the Eagles don't really have someone that can take over. Boston Scott is his role can't really get that much bigger. It's going to be big this season, but it can't really increase too. He's not going to run through the tackles 10 times a game. Corey Clement. Yeah, he's good, but you have to consider his injury history. Um, if you put in an undrafted free agent or Elijah Holyfield, who um, spent the last year on the, I believe Panthers practice squad. Um, there's not a lot of experience. So that's why I want to bring in a veteran. There is a good chance that two out of three of those guys that we just mentioned are going to end up on the practice squad. So in the future, you can end up bringing in one of them um, and hopefully filling a bigger role. However, right now, if you want to put the team in the best situation, it's going to get a veteran. And Devontae Freeman is the best option there. Um, like you said, LaShawn McCoy is intriguing. But just from a team standpoint, he's similar to Miles Sanders, but he's getting older. Um, and like I said, I want someone to fill that power role. LaShawn McCoy isn't going to be someone that can make a goal line run for you. So um, that's, where I, that's where I stand with it. Um, it's very interesting, but I would say they're going to make a move for a veteran. And if it's a big name like McCoy or Freeman, they're – pretty much a lock to make the team certainly all right so moving forward to wide receivers um, this is definitely much more interesting than last year especially during the season uh, a little bit more fun because right now um, it's kind of tough to put a wide receiver group together Markel what do you think so as I was going through the, the wide receiver position this this, along with cornerback, might be the most interesting position that we have a chance to go through today. Mm -hmm. Because it's, first of all, they have so many, so many people on this roster at the position. And definitely not all of them are going to make the roster. But we have to figure out, first off, what the team is going to do with Alshon. Is he going to start the season on the PUP? Mm -hmm. um, I've also heard reports that if and when he does return, he's expected to be a significant part of the offense. So we have to see how that goes. As far as Deshaun Jackson, getting him back healthy. Once he gets healthy, he says he's working to return to wide receiver one status. So he will always be wide receiver one. I was working, I'm, I'm recently oh, yeah. working on a piece between, um, well, on J-Jaw, J.J. Alsega Whiteside, and just seeing where he fits in among all this is pretty difficult to say the least. He he doesn't fit the mode in terms of what they're trying to bring in with the speed. He didn't have 
the ideal circumstances last year. He said injury played a significant part in that during the interview he had. So it's while he also said it's only up from here for himself, it's hard to see exactly what role he has or what role can he play on this team. Same for, sad to say, Greg Ward. I think Greg Ward has an uphill battle ahead of him based on the competition brought in. I really hope he makes the roster. I'm rooting for him, personally, as a fan. But, and I do think that the connection he has with Wentz that they built down the stretch of the 2019 season will certainly play a factor in if he does make the roster, but certainly something to look forward to. Now, as for some of the rookies that they brought in, you got, of course, Jalen Rager, who was the team selected with their first pick in the first round. Burner. I mean, of course, we all know exactly what he was, what he, what he is. I know you were happy about it. Yeah, definitely. But I, I, I personally like the selection of John Hightower. Yeah, me Person, too. I, Personally, because he is more of a fandom kind of thing with him being from my area that mm-hmm. I grew up in. But the kid definitely has some game to him. He definitely has some game to him. Now, as far as Quiz Watkins, I don't – I like what I saw from him on tape. Again, the same circumstances, J. Joe and Greg Ward. He, he might have a better chance making the practice squad than the main roster, the main 53, because there's just so many bodies that are – not only ahead of him right now, but they are expected to be there. Just even with what I was saying about J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, knowing how Howie Roseman and the Eagles brass operate, they don't like giving up on high draft picks that often. So you can expect J.J. to be in the rotation or at least to be on the 53-man roster. So and then there's just a boatload of names that we hadn't got the chance to mention yet that Probably won't make the roster, but it'll probably make some good conversations. The Sheldon Gibson's, the Robert Davis, the Don, Deontay Burnett's, the, of course, the guys that Carson Wentz was going to down the stretch, for lack of better terms. The Eagles also added Khalil Tate, the former quarterback from Arizona, who transitions to wide receiver now. So the position is deep, man. I, I Honestly, I'm not sure how I see it playing out. What about yourself? Yeah, it, it's definitely deep. There's a lot of names there. Um, there's a lot of players that can play well. Um, however, I think there's a big drop-off. And I think, yeah, it, there's going to be a pretty big battle for those last two spots um, going into the offseason, going into training camp, preseason, stuff like that. Um, however, what we know right now, Deshaun Jackson's definitely making the team. Jalen Rager's definitely making the team. JJ, I agree with you. Um, there is some struggles and um, – it's, you know, it's someone you want to have in a battle and someone that you want to improve. However, Alshon Jeffrey, I, I believe he's going to start on the PUP. I don't think he's going to be ready week one. So JJ is really the only physical receiver they have left. Other than that, it's just speed. So um, there's not a lot of competition to JJ, I think, a white side. And if I think he's going to have a pretty clear route to make the final roster, um, he kind of needs to. I know the Eagles want speed, but you still need someone that can be a little bit more physical, a little bit more size to him, and hopefully he makes a good improvement um, year two. Greg Ward, um, right now he's really the best slot option for the Eagles. He's 
in my opinion, I, I really like Greg Ward. I think he played really well later in the season. I think fans are definitely overrating him just because he made a few good plays. They think he's going to be um, a phenomenal wide receiver down the future. Um, so I'm not an, as high on Greg Ward as most other people, but again, he's the best slot option right now. The Eagles still need to play a slot receiver. So I think Greg Ward's definitely making the team. After that, it gets very interesting. Marquise Goodwin, um, the Eagles traded for, he is um, an interesting option because when the Eagles traded for him, they cut up his contract and lowered it significantly. So if they don't want him on the team, it won't hurt them that much. They can cut him and not take too much of a loss. Um, They really didn't trade much for him anyways. John Hightower, like you said, I really like him. I think um, he is the chance to be very good because he has good speed and very good size. If he fills out a little bit more and gets more physical, he can be definitely a threat. Um, Quez Watkins, another draft pick. I think him and Goodwin are going to be fighting for that final spot just because um, they're very similar. They're fast, a little bit more thin. Um, Watkins, I think he's too good to end up on the practice squad. I think another team's going to snatch him up. So um, got to be careful with that. So personally, to me, it's pretty set in stone except for Marquise Goodwin and Quez Watkins fighting for that last spot and possibly someone else, um, maybe Rob Davis or, um, you know, Shelton Gibson, someone that the Eagles brought in late last year. But right now, who would you give the edge to Marquise Goodwin or Quez Watkins? Probably Marquise Goodwin, because as we know, he's a veteran. He's been around a little longer. It probably won't be as hard for him to pick up on some of the things that the Eagles like to do. Hmm. And even if, he doesn't pan out how you would like him. It's like he will always have a role on the offense, whether it's in the jet sweeps or just filling in to be a decoy, sending him downfield. There's a lot of good that he provides to an offense at this point versus a, a rookie. Yeah, I completely agree. And especially with a modified offseason, you don't know how well Watkins is going to develop or pick up the offense. So, it's an uphill battle for him. Um, moving on to tight end. It's pretty simple here. Um, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard obviously are going to be locks to make the roster. The Eagles last year did only keep two tight ends for week one. That ended up changing after Dallas Goddard got banged up a little bit. They needed to keep three. Um, I think it's too risky to only keep two tight ends just because the Eagles love using two tight ends. So if one does get hurt, you're in a pretty bad situation. Um, not You're going to have to completely change your offensive scheme for that entire game. So um, right now there's some options, obviously Alex Ellis, who was with the team last year, Josh Perkins, who played um, mostly at wide receiver last year. I know Markel got to interview him, um, probably has some information he would like to share about that, but um, he's a receiving tight end and Noah Togi. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, watched yeah. him quite a bit, but um, Oregon state undrafted free agent. He is more of a receiving tight end and, when I'm looking at a third tight end for the Eagles, I'm looking for more of a blocking tight end because I'd rather have Gert, Ertz and Goddard go out and try to catch balls. And um, Togiai is more of a receiving tight end. So is Perkins. Um, Alex Ellis probably is the best option for a blocking tight end. But, I mean, if they just want to, you know, revamp this offense to pass first and pass early and often, then why not keep someone like Perkins or Togiai right now I have Ertz, Goddard, and Togiai as my final three. So it's interesting. I definitely, it's definitely something I get to in a second. 
between Perkins. You have a togi eye over Perkins. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, of course, as you said from the top, it's pretty much set in stone. Ertz and Goddard, 12 personnel. You're probably going to see a whole lot of that again this year, even with the team at full strength. That was – it's just a matchup nightmare for defense mm -hmm. to defend. Now – Alex, between, I'd, I'd like to see what Alex Ellis has the chance to look like during the preseason. Um, as far as Perkins and Togiai, well, they're a lot, like, as you said, they're similar in a whole lot of ways. Perkins being more so, a wide, more so of a wide receiver. When I had the chance to talk to Perkins, he was telling me how this, he expects to be, this to be the best version of himself, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Heading into this season, he feel, he's feeling very good. He's he, despite it, just all this coronavirus going on, he's still having the opportunity. Good working with his position coach, so it's it'll be definitely something to look forward to. But I just give him the nod over Togi because, as we said in the same sequence before, I'd probably roll with the veteran at this point. Yeah, I mean. I don't see why not when you – I mean, it's not like the team is trying to be based itself on a win now, but it's trying to see exactly what you have and looking towards the future and who should be able to build with win. And I think that him and Perkins, again, down the stretch, I really think that these – a lot of those practice squad players from down the stretch are going to see – have the opportunity to make their mark on the team this year. Not, maybe not – statistically wise but in terms of making the roster i think that will have a lot of say so in it all what mm -hmm. happens yeah that's awesome yeah that's a that was a great interview you had and um with perkins i think if jeffrey is definitely going to be starting on the pop list then perkins might be um a strong candidate to make the third tight end spot just because he's another um you know bigger target to put even at wide receiver he played wide receiver later last season just because it was so thin um so maybe if they don't trust jj to be the only physical receiver then perkins will make the team um but yeah we're keeping three tight ends we're torn on perkins and togi but um it's probably going to come down to one of those two offensive line um marco i think we can agree the first five are set in stone with andre dillard isaac Samalo, jason kelsey brandon brooks and Lane Johnson. After that, Eagles are probably going to keep three to five more, um, probably leaning towards four or five. Who do you have mm -hmm. after the starters? Who's your backups? So after the starters, of course, you bring it back Matt Pryor, who is a versatile guy. Mm -hmm. I, he probably is the one that fills the big V-roll. But I also think that they like to keep a couple guys that take a mode for that. I like to think that Suo Peter and maybe I think the matchup between Jordan Mailata and Jack Driscoll is going to be certainly one to watch for their final spot at the right tackle position. Jordan Mailata has finished each of the last few seasons on IR with mm -hmm. a back injury. I mean, we haven't really had the opportunity to see much of him to see exactly how or if he's really developing how the team wants them to. So I believe this. I believe it's his third year this will be a huge huge it's a huge season for him and it's he had definitely has to prove himself heading into the season with the competition yeah yeah um we got pretty uh a couple 
um, you know, differences here. I think Jordan Mailata is going to be next in line to be that swing tackle. The Eagles love him. I mean, they can't say enough good things about him. They took a chance on him as a rugby player and tried to develop him. It's been sounding promising. Then, like you said, he suffered that back injury twice and hasn't had surgery for it. So personal decision, but, um, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy and step into a bigger role. Jack Driscoll is my next guy. I agree with you. I think, um, especially with his versatility, he said that he's slowly working into the interior of the offensive line. He played mostly tackle at Auburn, but also some guard. And then he's been practicing center before the draft. So I think that's a bit of a stretch stretch to try to play all five positions or at least three of them. But, um, you know, if he can do it, more power to him and the Eagles. Um, definitely a better situation for them. I think Prince Tegawanago, his former teammate and now current teammate, is um, a good good player to have around just because he is more of a reliable tackle. He's not going to be moving around too much. He can perfect his craft at left tackle or right tackle and step in, especially if Jordan Mailata is struggling. And if Jack Driscoll can be good in the interior, then um, you know put him there, and then Prince and Jordan can play outside um matt Pryor, no he's someone that i wasn't very high on last year in the preseason i didn't think he was playing well i didn't have him making the roster and then um he stepped in yeah he he's a big player he can step in and play guard or tackle and just you know clog the hole and make sure nobody gets past him but um i i don't think he's necessarily a lock to make the roster i think the eagles brought in a lot of good competition to play against him my last one that I want to run by you, there's a couple of names you can plug in here, but backup center. Right now, if Jason Kelsey goes down, Isaac Sayamalo is probably going to be the back, the center, and then you got to do a little bit more maneuvering to get another left guard. But last year, the Eagles kept Nate Herbig, and he, yeah, he never played a game. He was always inactive. I found that so interesting. What if Kelsey goes down? Then you're moving the entire offensive line around. So Nate Herbig made the team. But now the Eagles signed uh, Luke Jeriga, and he is their highest-paid undrafted free agent. So they obviously like him. And um, the, you know, the fact that they didn't activate Nate Herbig at all last year and then also brought in another center in Luke Jeriga. There's another one. I'm forgetting his name right now. But two centers um, as undrafted free agents. There's going to be some competition. I have Jeriga making the final roster. What do you think about someone to back up Jason Kelsey? So – funny that you brought up Nate Herbig. I was just going to ask you how you felt about him. I was listening mm-hmm. to him the other night and from what I was reading, it sounds like the team is really, really high on him, despite yeah, on the are. fact that he was inactive for all of the games. Um, but yeah, they did bring in Luke Jariga and they also brought in Keegan Render yep. um, as the other undrafted free agent. So of course, like we stated before, Howie and Doug have stated they don't, they're not in the business of handing out jobs. You have to work for your opportunity. So while Herbig might have the edge in terms of having a chance to be around the team previously, he definitely will have to outbeat one of the other two, especially Jerrigan. as you said, with him being their highest paid undrafted free agent, obviously the team has taken a liking to him and sees something in him. But if I had to take a guess right now, it will probably be Herbig. Yeah, Herbig, I liked him. I think he played well um, last preseason, but he just never got to see the field. I know Jason Kelsey stayed healthy, but he wasn't even active. So um, as much as the Eagles like him, it's kind of troubling to see that 
he struggled to make the roster on game day. Um, so definitely going to be a good battle at center if the Eagles determine to um, take a backup center or keep a backup center. Moving to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line, obviously the Eagles like to keep a lot of them because they like to rotate around. Obviously, a defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Malik Jackson. Um, I said Javon. I, I've always been calling him Javon because that's what it looks like. But then I listened to an interview, and he actually pronounced it Javon. So I'm glad I caught that before uh, the season gets started. But those are the three locks for tackle. At defensive end, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat are going to be the locks as well. So um, starting with tackle, I think there's a pretty good um, battle there. There's Hassan Ridgeway, Anthony Rush, and um, the undrafted free agent Raquan Williams. Um, pretty, they're, they're all great players, but I think Hassan Ridgeway has got to be the one that you take just because before he got hurt last season, um, he was a starter next to Cox, and he played really, really well. So um, that as your fourth option at defensive tackle is really good. I think keeping five is a little bit too extreme. I don't think the Eagles would end up doing that. If they do, um, there's still a good option there. But moving to defensive end, um, before I kick it over to you, Markel. So like I said, I have Barnett, Graham, and Josh Sweat as my first three. I'm going to be keeping five defensive ends here. My last two are going to be Jannard Avery. Eagles traded for him last year, spent a fourth-round pick on him. And Harry Roseman emphasized that this was a trade for the future. He didn't make much of an impact at all in 2019. He had, I think, one sack and barely any snaps played. Um, but they like having those faster defensive ends. Um, and Lane Johnson was asked, who's going to be the best player coming out of quarantine? And he said, Jannard Avery has been, you know, working out hard. He's been putting a lot of, on a lot of muscle. He's still really fast. So I think he's definitely in a great position to make the team. And then also, like you mentioned before, the Eagles love that draft pick loyalty. If you're drafted by the Eagles, no matter what round it is, you always have a slight edge. So that's why I wanted to put Sharif Miller in um, at the end of that group. Deshaun Hall is coming off of an ACL tear, so he might be making the PUP list. But Sharif Miller promised um, at least 10 sacks this year. I think that's a little bit extreme, but um, you know he's optimistic about his season. Hopefully he gets more action. He only played two snaps last year, both on special teams. But that's a pretty good defensive line group um, overall between the tackles and the edges. I'm keeping nine. What about you? Yeah, I'm somewhere around the same. I'm I'm more so around in the same company where you probably keep more edges than in. I mean, yeah, more edges than tackles. Probably end up with about four tackles. Now, I do think, like you said, the first three are locks. I think the Eagles are happy for the return of Malik Jackson, to yep. say the least, because they don't have to put as much pressure on him that probably would have been placed on him this year, bringing Fletcher Cox's running mate, especially with the acquisition of Javon Hargrave. But as far as coming in at tackle four, while you have to get an edge to Hassan Ridgeway, because we all viewed it as a huge loss when he went down mm-hmm. late in the season. But, I mean, as you said, under the, the Undrafted free agent Raquan Williams. You still got Albert Albert Huggins and Anthony Rush in the building. So there are a lot of you got guys that are at the tackle position that to keep an eye on. As far as the edge position, like you said, Jannar A. We probably 
has a good chance of making the roster because of more so what Howie Roseman said and how this will be a draft, a trade for the future. So we should definitely expect some big things out of him. It wouldn't surprise me if he has a significant role in the rotation. Well, I guess there's nowhere to go but up compared yeah. to what he did last <laughs> year. But of course, Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham will probably be a starters on the edge. You got Josh Sweat coming in. And yeah, I probably, if Deshaun Hall wasn't coming off the ACL tear, he probably would have had the edge at the mm-hmm. position. But that that probably isn't more than enough to keep him off the roster at this point. Although I had to keep a, a guy to keep an eye on is Joe Osmond, yeah. also a guy coming off injury, who I heard the Eagles liked a whole lot before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So he probably someone that is and if anyone is considered the competition to Sharif Miller for the final defensive end spot, it'll probably be him. Yeah, yeah. He was playing really well before that ACL tear. And he's similar player to Jannard Avery, kind of a faster defensive end. So if that's the trend they want to go to, um, then those are pretty good um, backups to have. Like you said, Dejan Hall would be a great option. Hopefully the Eagles can keep him, will keep him around on the PUP list because, you know, injuries happen and um, might end up needing him later in the season. But also one little uh, thing that I found was some Eagles fan page account on um, Instagram was doing a question and answer with Derek Barnett in their comments. And people were asking him a bunch of questions. Who's going to be a breakout player to every single one. He responded, Derek Barnett. So hopefully big things are on the way for Derek Barnett. Um, because he hasn't been, you know, living up to that 14th overall pick status yet. But um, hopefully he'll step up in his final or his uh, fourth year of his, um, you know, career. But moving on to linebacker, very, very interesting group. What do you have, Markel? Well, interesting to say the least. The team made a few additions like drafting Davion Taylor or bringing in Jatavius Brown. They also have a couple other guys like Dante Olsen and of course the infamous Sean Bradley close mm-hmm. enough to the other Stuart Bradley <laughs> but I just I don't see no way while Duke Riley probably makes a late push I don't see no way that you, your top two guys aren't Nate Gary and TJ Edwards Definitely. while we all hoped that wouldn't be the case heading <laughs> into the season you have to work with what you got and I was recently on Twitter, and I seen a, this guy was doing a breakdown on T.J. Edwards. And T.J. Edwards, while I try not to make the most out of pro football focus in their stats, he was the highest-rated defensive player for the while. And a lot of people like to say that was due to his minimum snaps. But, I mean, you can't argue with what you get when you get on the field. Yeah. So, hopefully – all of that rolls over to this year in a bigger role. Yeah, I'm hoping Nate Gary and TJ Edwards definitely step up. Um, they're, they're 100% the top two guys. There's not anybody out there on the free agent market that you can bring in and compete with them. Um, Duke Riley, I think he's in a good position to make the team just because of his special teams presence. And later in the season in 2019, he got onto the field on defense quite a bit and played well. And then um, after that, I'm taking two rookies uh davion taylor who was selected in the third round he's not really your traditional linebacker he needs some development but um he's really fast like that new defense eagles are building and um he can play multiple different roles he played 
even uh, slot corner and safety in college. Um, I enjoyed watching him because he was just so fun, so fast, explosive. So Davion Taylor, he's going to need some development, but I, I would assume he's going to make the roster third-round pick. Um, after that, final spot, I'm only keeping five linebackers. I think that's a pretty safe number. Maybe it's going to be six, but I'm going to assume five. After that, it's a battle between, um, you know, Sean Bradley, who the Eagles drafted, mm-hmm. Alex Singleton, who the Eagles kept on the practice squad and then promoted him um, last year, and then Jatavis Brown, who they just signed in free agency. Normally, I would say Jatavis Brown just because of his, um, you know, experience in the NFL so far and his speed and tackling ability. But after, I mean, I just talked to some temple players um i go to temple so i got to interview some football players that played with sean bradley last year they were all defensive players which was even better but um after talking to them hearing their stories his impact in the locker room um his strengths on the field i mean i watched him a lot live and then on tape but man they had nothing but good things to say about him um they know nfl well they know the eagles well so they know the eagles linebacker group isn't the best and um, they were very confident that Sean Bradley is going to give everyone a run for their money. And they, they know that Temple players are going to probably be starting out on special teams, like Sean Bradley will if he makes the team. So um, they said he's in a good position with his speed and um, his strength to play special teams, but then also to move into a bigger role. Um, so, yeah, I'm keeping five. What do you think about my group there? Yeah, certainly. I definitely an ideal group in terms of what the Eagles have at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, it's base taking what you, what the Temple's players said and about Sean Bradley. That is definitely something to keep an eye on. Wow, I do think prob I'd probably give the edge to Jatavis Brown mm-hmm. at this point in time, but. As we also mentioned earlier, the Eagles and their draft pick loyalty. They, I do. Bradley will probably be more so of a lock for the practice squad than the fifty-three man roster because I don't yeah. think they would want to let him. Like they would probably, he'd probably be one of their first signings mm-hmm. after the fifty-three comes in because they won't want to let him go. I do think that Brown, because of his experience, probably has an edge, but. Alex Singleton will probably be a sleeper to watch for the last bat, just because you know how the Eagles feel about special teams players and guys that can impact on the third level of the game. But based on your your five, I mean, can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, I think you you fill many different roles. I think I agree with you. Jatavis Brown probably has the edge for the last spot there. Um, but, you know, just because – Jatavis Brown was a free agent signing doesn't mean he's going to make the team, but just like Sean Bradley was a draft pick doesn't mean he's going to make the team. So it's going to be a good right. battle. Um, like you said, Alex Singleton can step in and make that spot. Um, it's going to be fun to watch moving on to the secondary first off cornerback. Um, so Darius Slay is obviously a lock. He is one of the best in the league to do it. Um, after that, Avante Maddox is going to be lined up for cornerback two right now. He's going to be um, competing for it, but Right now, the Eagles said that he's going to be um, opposite Darius Slay. In the slot, it's Nikkel Roby Coleman, in my opinion. Craven LeBlanc is going to be um, a good option for them, but Roby Coleman is just one of the best in the league at um, the nickel spot. So, 
I mean, him and him and Cravon, they're going to be good there. Um, after that, I got two spots left. I'm keeping six. Sidney Jones, last year, midseason, I would say no way he's making the team in 2020. However, he stepped up late, made a few big plays. Now I think he, he deserves a spot to, um, you know, compete for that final – or not, not the final, but compete for the starting position with Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox, he kind of concerns me with his size. He's only 5'9", 5'10", so Sidney Jones has a little bit more size to him, a little bit more promise um, coming out of college, but Avante Maddox has played really well in the NFL so far. So um, I'm keeping Sidney Jones. Lastly, um, I wanted to say Rasul Douglas just as a safe bet, but they, they just restructured his contract. I've never seen someone restructure a rookie deal that's kind of absurd so <laughs> he's making next to nothing right now so that contract is very manageable to dump i think he is not going to make the team so you know eagles keep undrafted free agents every single year we talked about a few so far running back tight end offensive line um, maybe some defensive line but cornerback there's one right there with prince smith and um, right now, the secondary is very versatile. Avante Maddox can go to safety. Jalen Mills can go to corner. So there's a lot of versatility. People can slide up and down. But they need someone that can consistently play outside corner. And Prince Smith is probably the best option there um, outside of Darius Slay and City Jones, obviously. But um, he can fly. He can run very fast. Uh, you know, I really like him. I've watched his tape quite a bit. Yes, he is an undrafted free agent. He would probably start off playing just special teams, but I think he's definitely a player to watch. I'm um, not sure how the Eagles think about him so far, but um, like I said, they need someone that can just predominantly stay on the outside and not move around too much. I think Prince Smith is the best one to do that. See, well, I do like Prince Smith. I like Prince Smith a whole lot. Um, this is where we probably separate in difference of opinions because. I, if I had to go for someone who the, I consider outside of, of course, the Sidney Jones and Avante Maddox, as we mm -hmm. mentioned, the top outside guy left on the roster, it'd probably Trevor Trevor Williams. Okay. Like, I like the work he did when he was with San Diego. Well, San Diego at the time, Los Angeles Chargers now. Mm -hmm. um, injuries and – he had fallen off a little bit the, the next season, but injuries for the most part haven't been pretty for him, which is why he ended up being signed on a futures contract at the end of last season. But I do think having the opportunity, just coming in, no pressure on him, not even a lock to make the roster here, having a chance to just play free and get back to the, what he was doing when he was with the Chargers. As for the top, as we mentioned, Darius Slay slid in at CB1. The one that we've been looking for for pretty much about a decade now. Yeah, long so time. Can't argue with that. Well, at CB2, of course, it's the battle between Maddox and Jones. I think it's what Howie Roseman said during the press conference was very telling. Where, again, don't mean to keep saying it, but they're not in the business of handing out jobs at the same time. You really hope that Sidney Jones is the one that gets it because you don't yeah. want to spend a second round pick on the guy and he just doesn't pan out, mm. especially after you've given him all of these opportunities. I mean, sucks that the injury was the reason we ended up in this position in the first place. But as again, as of how we said during the press conference, 
I mean, eventually you got to prove it. And this is his final year to prove it, to say the least. But I'd probably give the nod to Avante. I mean, a lot of people have worries about Avante and playing on the outside with the concerns about his height. But again, how he's been very telling. He's mentioned how he paid a lot of attention growing up in the early 2000s when with the Eagles, being with the Eagles, paying attention to the girl greens and just naming them a plethora of short cornerbacks mm-hmm. and how he believed that height shouldn't matter at the position. So it was, I felt that what he was saying there was more of a vote of confidence to Avante. Not saying that he doesn't want Sydney to get the job, but it's more so you can tell which direction the team was leaning in based on his words. Um, I think, yeah, you got to hit on the nose with the Russell Douglas. I honestly think the team ships him off before they cut him. I think cutting uh-huh. him will probably be a last resort, but yeah. I've been hearing a lot of noise about him being in trade rumors. I was thinking they would probably move him sometime during draft weekend, but that didn't take place. But certainly don't see him being on the roster this in the upcoming season, especially with the way the secondary is shaping up versatility. He certainly doesn't feel the, ro- the void. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great group. Um, I think, you know, keeping – Darius Slay, Sidney Jones, and Avante Maddox as the top options. You're pretty set in the slot. Trevor Williams is a really good option. I think he's definitely in a position to fight for the final spot. Um, it's going to be tight for that final spot. Obviously, there is still moves to be made. The Eagles can bring in a veteran corner if they want. Um, you know, last year they brought in Orlando Scandrick later in the offseason. Uh, didn't work out very well, but just the idea of it, you know, you can still sign players that um you know Skandrick when he he was cut from the team then end up on the team in a couple of weeks so what we're saying right now it could be completely wrong there is a few locks at each each position but um you know there's still a long offseason to go so um pretty good group I think six cornerbacks is safe last position um obviously the special teams with Jake Elliott Kim Johnston and Rick Lovato are all locks, but last real position to talk about safety. Um, we got five players left. What do you have? Okay. So if I had to give a five, of course, Rodney McLeod coming back, returning as the starter. Mm-hmm. Now this is where things get tricky, at least at the strong safety position, because I I'm not sure who, the team nor I would have currently slated as a as a starter is between three guys who I guess that feels the next three people between Mills, Parks, and of course the recently drafted Kayvon Wallace. But as far as the last safety spot, I think it'll probably be a battle between Marcus Epps and Rudy Ford. But at the end of the day, Rudy Ford will probably get it get the job because the team likes guys who can contribute on their side of the ball as well as special teams. And Rudy Ford is a key special teams contributor and has been for the last couple of years, to say the least, mm-hmm. of his career. Yeah, there we go. We're uh, ended on an agreement here. So I definitely have Rodney McLeod um, as the free safety. He's very rangy. You know what you're getting out of McLeod. Um, had a really good season last year. I think definitely underrated. But after that, Jalen Mills is moving to safety. Um, don't know what you're getting out of him yet. A lot of people have been calling him for him to play safety for the past couple of seasons, but 
Um, you know, he's definitely locked to make the roster. I'm not sure how well he's going to play safety, but if anything goes wrong, if he doesn't perform well, or if an injury happens, he can always be moved to cornerback. So I think that value um, is very high. After that, with Will Parks and Kayvon Wallace, um, Will Parks was brought in on a very cheap deal. And um, I think this is a really underrated move by the Eagles. I think he could step in. I don't want to compare anyone to Malcolm Jenkins or say the Malcolm Jenkins role because simply nobody can do it. Um, it's just, you know, so underrated what Jenkins did for the entire defense. But Will Parks and Kayvon Wallace can fill in that role pretty well and um, try to mimic it as much as possible. They can, um, you know, cover well, play very close to the line of scrimmage and make big plays. Um, one thing interesting with Will Parks, yes, there has been a lot of hype with him being a Philly native, but um, he's on a very cheap deal. I forget the number exactly, but do you see any situation where he doesn't perform well or they sign a safety or they just want to roll with four and they end up cutting Will Parks just because his contract is low? I mean, that wouldn't surprise me, which wouldn't surprise me based on the reason why his number was so low in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because they, I don't think they want to tie their sale, especially knowing their cap number heading into the next offseason. I don't think they would don't want, they want to tie themselves to anyone that they don't see as a key part of the future. Yeah. So, I mean, granted, it's probably, probably wouldn't be enough to call four games or however many he plays in during the preseason. A ideal way to look at him. Mm. I mean, just look at the mistake that they made last year with LJ Fort cutting him so early. But, I do think that was them, Howie Roseman and company, giving themselves some breathing room just in case they needed a way out. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think um, it's just hypothetical. Um, I think Will Parks is definitely in a good position to make the team, but it's just interesting um, looking deeper into these contracts and seeing which ones are easiest to dump. Will Parks is one of them, um, no matter how good he is or um, if just the fact that if the Eagles want to be a little bit thinner at safety – um, or keep someone instead of him. I'm not sure who that would be right now, but um, he's a little bit more expendable um, than you would think. But Kayvon Wallace is definitely a great option. He needs to develop a little bit, um, but he could definitely be a second or third round pick in this draft, and the Eagles snagged him in the fourth. So tremendous value out of him. Like I said, plays very close to the line of scrimmage, can cover well, um, pretty rangy, not the best at free safety, but he can be very versatile when need be. Rudy Ford is going to be my last pick here just because, like you said, special teams presence. Um, it's not the flashy pick. So is, um, you know, myself picking Prince Smith, Sean Bradley, um, Davion Taylor. Obviously, Davion Taylor is a little bit more skilled than those other guys with the higher draft pick, but they're not the flashiest picks, but you have to account special teams. And those are the guys that can contribute on special teams um, because of their play style. And Rudy Ford is one of the best on the team right now to do that, along with Duke Riley. Before he got injured, he was playing very good football. So I think that is going to round out the safety group. Um, it's a pretty good group overall. We have great depth. Um, based on what we just went through, is there a position that stands out to you uh, before we wrap up that you think needs a little bit more improvement? Um, or is this Eagles team ready to go for the season? So based on my view of the roster, 
I mean, of course, as we discussed, it'd be nice to acquire some type of power back or set in stone who that would be. But based on the view of the roster, it seems like they have a certain idea of the way they want the roster to look. Mm-hmm. And they kind of shaping it to that that direction. So if I had to give an answer, it would easily be the linebacker position. I feel like they could have done more to upgrade the position. But at the same time, I feel like bringing in all of these versatile guys in the secondary, they're kind of trying to figure out. I wrote, I released an article about this actually. I figure out how to play positionless football, mm-hmm. how you can use a Will Parks or Kayvon Wallace in place of a linebacker so you're not lacking in the running game where those guys are really good in run protection and you look very good in the passing game because you got pretty much secondary players playing at the second level so it sets you up really well so I mean you could easily make the argument or be unhappy with them not addressing the linebacker position but I also feel like they he has Howie and company has a plan Jim Schwartz to say the least yeah definitely that's a great point um, I think linebacker is uh, a little bit on the weekend, but you know, you can't be strong in every single position as we know, but like you said, running back, which we are expecting the Eagles to add a veteran running back, whether it's Devonte Freeman or LaShawn McCoy, then also defensive end, not the strongest, but the Eagles are solid along the line. Um, especially with those tackles, they can definitely offset the lack of depth there, but um, that's all we got for you guys right now. That is our 53-man roster prediction. Very, very solid. Um, had a little bit of differences, which is good to hear the different options the Eagles have. Hope you guys enjoyed this. And um, as we progress through the offseason, Markel would be happy to have you on and try to update this as we go because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of change. Um, but again, this is Markel Fripp, blogger for PHL Eagles Nation. If you want to follow him on Twitter, we'll have his uh, Twitter handle linked in this description. But um, again, thanks for coming on today. Always a pleasure, man. Definitely something we could do again. All right. Appreciate it. So everyone, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media so so you never miss another Birds Banter podcast episode. And as always, go Birds.